Yo, what's the vibe? It's Ray with the E, Sosa with the five. You are now tuned into the pod, episode two. I ain't gonna hold y'all, man. I woke up like, I don't even know how I'm gonna be doing this pod every day. <laughs> five days a week, that's just a lot. I was just brainstorming, thinking. I'm like, fuck, did I, did I bite off more than I can chew? But then I realized it takes dedication, man. Like, I'm taking more accountability this year. And I'm trying to be more dedicated. I'm trying to use my time more wisely. So I was like, I just got to do it, man. Just like going to the gym, being healthy. It just takes dedication and discipline. And discipline is simply doing what you hate, but doing it like you love it. And that's how I'm, you know, I'm coming into this year, man. I'm trying to be more disciplined, be more on top of my shit. So I'm going to take accountability and say... I was definitely not feeling this this morning. I decided to do the pod on the road. It's driving right now. It's a good thing about technology. It goes where you go. <laughs> so if I got to do a quick vibe check today, like what's my vibe? What am I feeling like? I mean, I'm a little all over the place. <laughs> I woke up and I was like, fuck my life. But then at the same time, I love my life. Like life is good, man. I, I think back, you know, where I came from. You know what I'm saying? I remember dreaming about where I am today. So sometimes we get so wrapped up in our goals and what's next that we don't really stop and enjoy the fresh air and really look at how far we've come. Shit. I'm not supposed to be here, man. My mom was pregnant of me at 13 years old. Had me when she was 14. Like getting so much pressure to just, you know, get rid of me. She ran away did what she had to do so she could have me so you know I look at life like you know like if if it's a gift like it's a privilege <laughs> it's not even a right like life could have been taken from me before I was even you know made to know what it was so I I'm just trying to stride every day every time I'm feeling down and out I remember I wasn't supposed to be here and I'm here so I got a fucking put my foot in the ass to this thing called life the best way I can. So I'm hoping this is kind of serving as some motivation for y'all as I try to motivate myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, we just get too complacent. I remember in basic training, there was signs all over the, everywhere we went, you look in the mirror, you go here, it's like complacency kills. I was having a conversation with someone when I was like, I remember back then, I didn't even know what that meant. Like, what the fuck is complacency? <laughs> and why does it kill? I'm thinking it's some war shit. Like, it's like army terminology. When I was 21 years old. Never left the Bronx in my entire life. My first flight was to basic training. Shit, funny story. I remember we stopped in uh, Atlanta airport. Because I was going to basic training in Fort Jackson, um, South Carolina. And when we stopped at the airport, we was waiting on some buses to bust us down from from Georgia. Whoever, you know, there was a group of us that joined the military was going to base training around the same time. And I remember one of them, one of the dudes I was kicking it with, he told me he was going to get some Chinese food. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, he was in a food court. So I'm on the phone. I'm like, what? Where the Chinese spot? I'm looking everywhere. You know, I'm, I'm looking in the food court. I don't see no fucking Chinese restaurant. So I'm like, bro, what's the name of the place? 
And he told me it's Panda Express. So I'm looking at the name. I see Panda Express. And then I realized I was looking for Chinese people. Like <laughs> in New York City, like in the Bronx, everywhere in New York City, in the, in the five boroughs, you go to you go to these restaurants and they're usually owned by the, you know, the race or ethnicity of the group that you're going to go eat. So you go to get Italian food. It's Italians. You go to get Mexican food. Mexicans like Puerto Rican food, Dominican food, anything, Indian food, like any type of, you know, restaurant you go to to get some food. The actual people from that place is cooking the food for you. And I was just so embedded in that state of mind. It's the first time I ever saw Chinese food being served by blacks and Hispanics. I'm like, that shit blew my mind. I was then I realized how how I was just so embedded in that culture. Like I grew up within a four block radius. You know what I'm saying? Everything you need where I grew up. You ain't got to go more than four blocks away to get it. You got to go to the hospital. Got to go to the precinct. Got to go to the dentist. Want to go to the supermarket. Literally, like, anything you needed. You didn't have to go very far. You, you could just walk. And you didn't even need a car. My mom doesn't have a car to this day. You know what I'm saying? So, at that moment, I realized I was breaking generational curses. Like, there were things I'll get it excited about or, or find so weird that I have to call my my people back home <laughs> like yo did, did you know that there's Chinese restaurants that there's actually black and Spanish people serving food hey do you know that in other states when businesses are closed they don't put gates down they just close the door and lock it and they'll just be blown away like what nah you lying <laughs> I'm like no nah, for real this shit bugged me out I remember, you know, when I was in Augusta, Georgia, right after basic training, I was kicking it with another Puerto Rican dude and uh, another dude from New York, Dominican cat and a Mexican cat from Texas. So one was from Texas, one was from Boston and the dude from New York. We're going to try to get some tattoos like every dumb young soldier out of fucking basic training first thing you want to do is go get tatted at the nearest spot <laughs> don't even look up if they're good or not but anyway we go to the spot <clears throat> and we i'm about to pull into the parking lot and my homeboy like yo that shit is closed i'm like no it's not he's like bro it's closed i'm like how much you want to bet he's like bro i'm not even gonna bet you no money man that shit's closed go check I fucking go and I try to open the door. The shit's closed. I, I just, just like I said, I wasn't used to seeing businesses with with their gates open. Like I figured, only time a business is closed is when the gates close. That shit fucking blew my mind, man. He was like, "Bro, I could have got you for all your money," <laughs> but y'all know you from New York. Y'all don't know nothing. <laughs> that shit was crazy, man. But yeah, man, growing up that way, you think you know you know everything you grew up fast growing up in new york city and then you know growing up during the era that that i grew up growing up with a young ass parent you know what i'm saying when i was graduating kindergarten my mom was 19 years old like i remember my mom as a teenager that shit's crazy bro like so just having that state of mind and you know living that way for so long you just kind of think that that's normal but it's very it didn't take very long before I realized that 
my state of mind and the way that I grew up and my upbringing was not normal. You know what I'm saying? Especially serving in the military. I was like a fucking firecracker at first. I was just, you know, big on respect. Where we come from, you don't stare at people too long. You don't talk to people you don't know. And now I'm in states where they got this Southern hospitality. Everybody want to say hello. I remember the first time a lady said, you know, good morning or hello, like greeted me nicely. I literally stopped and asked this woman, did I know her? <laughs> I was like, do I know you? She's like, no, sir. Just wishing you a good morning. <laughs> like, My fucking dumb ass, man. I'm like, I just realized how like, it's just not normal to be like that. Like, we just aggressive for no reason. We don't talk to each other. You fucking, you think everybody's trying to get you, you know, but at the same time, that mentality got me through a lot of shit because, you know, you you learn to hustle early and that struggle, growing up with that struggle, everything that makes other people break, that shit for you is like, this is normal. <laughs> like, my back been against the wall. A man that sleeps on the floor can't fall off the bed, you know what I mean? Like, I was on that mentality and... I remember another word that I learned for the first time was initiative. When I was, you know, in my first duty station, they sent my ass out to Korea. And I remember going into work and people just telling me what to do just made me feel uncomfortable. Other grown men at that time, I'm 21. I'm straight from the Bronx. You know, you just took me out, out the Bronx and put me here around people from all over the world you know seeing races of people that i never seen before so I remember going in and this one dude I guess he was a specialist I was a private or some shit telling me to throw out the trash and I was like man you throw out the trash <laughs> and then you know I got pretty much put in place by a sergeant like hey man you know, you can't, you're the lowest ranking person here and you got to, you know, respect and all this and whatever. So I learned quick, like I was the low man on the totem pole. So I was so against having another man tell me what to do that I would just do it myself. Like I was like, well, I'll look at everybody's rank. I'll see I'm the low man in the room. I'm just going to pick up the broom and sweep before the day ends i'm just going to throw out the trash anytime somebody says something got to get done i would just go do it just to avoid having somebody tell me what to do and before i know it the same dude that was looking at me like i was crazy was telling other soldiers you need to be like this guy you need to be like sosa that guy takes initiative i'm like a word okay cool <laughs> first time i learned that word man so my stubbornness was actually something that made me stand apart from the other soldiers and shit like that shit was crazy and i don't mean to go on to no like crazy rants i guess we could say this is a raised rant episode the whole episode gonna be a raised rant but i'm just giving y'all a little backstory a lot of people see me now and they be like don't even know i was in the military before or a lot of the old soldiers that knew me they'd be like damn chief i ain't even know you know you you rapped. I didn't even know you lived like this or you was like that. Like, 
I couldn't even recognize you. You got a beard now and all that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man. Like, I started, I started young, and I just hit the ground running. I remember just moving up the ranks, dumb quick. Like, I actually fucking volunteered just to go to Afghanistan. Like, I could have been out the army. I remember being in a position to where I could sign a record deal in Colorado. There was just like a local, like a independent label that was, you know. I had a manager, had a PR. Like, we were pretty much gearing up to sign a record deal and really move forward with this music shit. It was in 2011. But I was, like, just not sure what to do. I already had kids. I was married. I had, you know, so much going on, and I had to really make that choice. Like, what do I do? Do I stay in? So last minute, man, I didn't even re-enlist. My goal was to go full-fledged with this music shit. And at the last minute, I remember going to see my, my commander, you know, to, and he was like, why haven't you re-enlisted? I was like, well, at this point, I can't. My MOS is over strength. Like, I waited too long, so I'm just going to get out. He's like, what's your plan? I'm like, well, I'm about to get a record deal, and you know, hopefully do this and that. He's like, really? Don't you have a family? You know, pretty much talking to me, letting me know I really didn't have a plan. So he was like, look, look what I'm going to do. If you tell me right now that you want to stay in, I'm going to stop loss you so that you can deploy to Afghanistan. And I was like, fuck, all right, bet. So he stopped lost me for six months, which pushed me out to where I was in Afghanistan um, so they had no, like, well, I, I was going to already be there. So I was going to, whether I reenlisted or not, I had to do my year there, but which was actually turned out to be great because I made Sergeant like five months in, got promoted. So then now reenlistment window open. Now I could reenlist. And then the whole time I was there, since I was stop loss, I made like an extra 500 bucks a month. So I was getting a you know, a lot of money for a young kid being deployed and shit like that. And it ended up being like the best year of my life. Like, I, I mean, I really learned who I was being in Afghanistan. Like so much of my life has changed. I did a lot of reading. You know, I could I mean, I could barely sleep the first night I was there. Got fucking <laughs> rocket sent in and, you know, blown and knocked out of my bed and all of this shit like I couldn't sleep like like a motherfucker, so I just really just got into like reading. I gained knowledge of self. You know what I'm saying? Like I just learned so much. I just became a lot of who I am today. That year, learned a lot about camaraderie. Learned a lot about you know, you know, life and and what it means and how valuable it is. So I'm glad that I did that, man. Ended up staying in for 14 years. I got out. You know, medically, because my body just couldn't take it no more. But I'm excited that I did that. You know what I'm saying? I, I made like six ranks in six years. And then I just, after like nine years, I decided to go become a fucking warrant officer, which is the best decision I made in my life. And mind you, the whole time I'm in the military, I'm still releasing mixtapes. I'm still rapping here and there. But towards the end, when I really, you know, started grinding, I just stopped making music. I wasn't making music like that. I'll release a project every few years and, you know, nobody, I feel like nobody was really listening. Like 
whatever fan base I did build up, they kind of just knew me as an inconsistent artist at this point. So I wasn't really putting in the work that I was supposed to. But either way, it all worked out because I went made it all the way to chief warrant officer. I was able to be the type of leader that was respected and loved. Like I've seen soldiers like when they had to leave, you know, PCS or get out the army and all of this, just like, you know, crying. Can I hug you, chief? Like I've I've mentored and I was able to be a great leader by watching bad leaders and good leaders. There was leaders in the army that that saved my life, like and save me from myself because when I first joined I was in my own way. I was so stuck in my ways and so stuck in my my mind and worried about the things that didn't need to be worried about. Like I'll probably fight somebody for stepping on my shoes. Now I wear four hundred dollar pair of shoes most of the time. I wear Yays every single day, like even in the gym sometimes. It's it's fucking insane. I have a problem, but we're not going to talk about that. Somebody step on my shoes now, I just keep it moving. I think it'll be hard for somebody to get me to fight them today. Like, you have to do something extremely disrespectful. You have to disrespect my kids, my woman. You know, maybe go as far as putting your hands on me or even, like, you know, the most disrespectful, maybe, like, spitting on me or something. I don't know, but... It'll just take so much for me to fight somebody today. But back then, it didn't take nothing. It just took words. It took for me feeling like you just said something wrong to me. You looked at me wrong. You stepped on my shoes. So I've, I've grown so much, man. And I've the military provided me with so much discipline. And discipline, once again, is doing what you hate, but doing it like you love it. And I'm going to leave y'all with that. I'm going to leave y'all with that message. I want y'all to know that I'm super excited about this podcast, although I didn't feel like doing it today. And I'm glad I just got to get a little personal and talk about, you know, military career. It was very vague. I didn't say too much. Just know that I bust my ass in the military. I made it really far. I got to the point to where I was just a private being told what to do to being saluted by other soldiers and people who went from having people who were my bosses and turn into their bosses. It was an amazing experience, experience, and only very few are able to say that they've accomplished the things that I was able to accomplish. So until next time, I wish y'all much health and wealth. Peace.